Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing, and we're going to go away from the Rocky Mountains over to the Smoky Mountains. And today's guest is Michelle Tennant Nicholson. She is an award-winning writer and storyteller to the media. In over 30 years in the field, she has seen PR transition from typewriters to Twitter. Welcome to the program, Michelle. Oh, Katie, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you. Well, and I, we were just talking before we hit record here and I said, Hey, you know, what, tell me again where you're at. And I was like, oh, Smoky Mountains, how much brother-in-law lives in North Carolina too. And, you know, I have to say like being near the mountains is just my happy place. I love the beach. Don't get me wrong, but any mountain range, just, it just makes me feel whole. <laughs> I'm a mountain girl all the way. So I know a lot of my friends love the beach. Give me um, cool, crisp mountain air any day compared to a hot uh, beach. Although I know people love the beach. I'm not downing the beach, but man, for us creatives, you know, when we're writing, we got to be in that place that makes us happy and creative. So I like the mountains for sure. I I love that, that intro that you gave me there. What an introduction of seeing 30 years of public relations. And like you said, you know, typewriters to Twitter, things have changed a lot. And that's one of the things I think that we can really dive into today is how you can position yourself and and get your name and your business out there so that you can get more more of the right people to, to do business with you. So just tell us a little bit of your background. In addition to being in the Smoky Mountains, you know, you've been in the public relations industry for 30 years. So tell us just a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I have a bachelor's degree in theater. The drama always helps when you're doing any type of uh, marketing, right? And then I have a master's degree in human development and actually did my thesis on the father of PR, Edward Bernays. Fun fact, the nephew of Sigmund Freud. So we'll have to come back and tell you another time about the project that we're doing when that book is out. Okay, Katie. But the other piece of it is I've been doing PR for 32 years. I started doing PR in Chicago when I was in undergraduate school. So I was actually working for a uh, WGN radio producer who wanted to move into the PR field. And she worked out of her condo on Lakeshore Drive when we had faxes. So that was (laughs) 1989. Yeah, I'm 52. People are trying to do the math. I'm like, how old is she? Yes, I started when I was 20 and I'm now 52. So that's 32 years of doing public relations. And so I would go to theater class at DePaul University. And then afterward, she would do all her pitching during the day and she was opening franchise markets. So we would call into a different market like Dallas and then represent somebody who's opening a franchise there and then get a story in 
whatever daily newspaper was there at the time, right? Houston Chronicle or um, the Dallas Journal, Business Journal, or whatever uh, our target was, or even TV, and say, so-and-so is coming to town. He's opening up a franchise. And don't you want to do a story? He's looking for franchisors. And they ate it up. But back in the day, that would take that whole process would take weeks, if not months, right? Because then she had to do the phone call. I had to send the letters. So I would come and go to a closet that she had and had a, remember those old copiers? Mm -hmm. She had it in her hallway closet. And then in her bedroom, there was a fax machine where I would do broadcast faxing. So I know some of our younger listeners are probably like, what is that? (laughs) Just imagine a broadcast text, (laughs) but it had onion paper, right? And she just, she knew that I was a theater major and put me on the phones and there I was, you know, at the at 20, actually pitching USA Today. I scored placements and interviews and then the madness started, right? So I've been doing it ever since. Well, Michelle, the reason why I'm, I'm so happy that you're on this is because this episode today is because, you know, you, you said, yeah, I've been doing this for 32 years. I'm 50, and I've been doing social media for over 18 years now. And I think a lot, like I was talking to a friend one time uh, that we had only communicated online and we were in real life together. And I said, man, I haven't been on like the downtown scene like this in at least a decade or two. And he was like, how old are you? And I was, right? like, well, and I was like, well, I mean, I kind of should have given it away as to how old I was. I've, I say all the time, I've been doing social media for 18 years. He's like, well, I just thought like that meant maybe when you were like in middle school, you'd you know, got on MySpace. I was like, no, like I was helping bands with their MySpace pages for, you know, years. (laughs) So, I mean, this really was my job, Uh, but but that's the thing. We've seen the way that we connect and do business online and it has evolved. I mean, exactly like what you were saying, you know, how having to pick up the phone and pitch a story. And I was kind of doing that with MySpace. You know, I was connecting with these bands and trying to get them onto these different radio stations and like, hey, this this radio station wants to do an interview with you. Can you send them some merchandise? And I mean, like my payment was, oh, you know, here's some free concert tickets when we come through Denver. As it, being a social media, anything didn't exist, but things have evolved. And when you are putting yourself out there, when you have a team of someone like you that can help you promote your business, it makes a world of difference. And especially in the world of social media, you're not just a logo anymore. People want to do business with people. And if you're showing up regularly on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, and it's just a logo and it's a bunch of pretty stock images it's going to be a lot harder to close those sales. Yeah. People want, at the end of the day, whatever, I look at technology like crayons in a crayon box, right? So the art of creating stories for humankind just changes with technology, right? So back in the day when I learned we were using mail and fax, you know, today it's all about your smartphones, Twitter, and how quickly you can get the pitch and the interview turned around. And you just got to stay on top of the news cycle. If you want earned editorial media, which is my specialty. But I, you know, at the end of the day, people want people, people want to connect with people. We're humans. We uh, especially crave connection (laughs) through the pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, even more so than ever. So, and I always, it's always funny because, you know, clients are always surprised when I, when I start to get into the backstory, like, well, what's your backstory? Well, how did you get here? And 
they're like, why do you care about all this past? I'm like, cause that's the only thing that the press is interested in. Mm-hmm. They want to know the story behind the entrepreneur, the story behind the product, the story behind just like now, you know, our influencers and our social media stars, as you know, Katie are, you know, they're looking for content they're looking for a story. They're looking um, to actually broadcast a particular message in a particular brand. But, you know, I remember back in the day, people didn't even know what a personal brand was. Yeah. Can you imagine in my lifetime, there was a time when people weren't really talking personal brand. Yeah. So that's how quickly things have actually shifted in just a matter of decades. Well, and that's the thing, Michelle, we're not all Nike. Not all of us business owners are out there that we can just throw a swoosh on things and people already know exactly what they sell, what their mission statement is, you know, what the tagline is, what they're about. We're not all Nike. And so when you have a face, you have that story. It makes a world of difference as a business owner. So, you you know, we were talking also too, before I I hit record here and said, you know, we were talking about the the perfect matches because it's same again with social media, not everyone's going to be your ideal client and customer. And it's the same with PR. It's, it's just kind of like dating, you know, you can't pursue every single outlet on the planet um, that happens to be single. So you have to find that right audience and find the right outlets to promote your business and your brand. Talk to us a little bit about how you can find that perfect match. Sure. First of all, you know, I want everybody who's listening to think about what you're actually marketing. So if you were, you know, if you have a product, you want to get the product out there. If you're a nonprofit, you might want to just get volunteers or you want to raise money. If you're a services corporations like Katie and I have, then you might want to get people to meet with you so that they can find out and ask questions about, well, how can your services really benefit me? And then that leads to hopefully contracts and and, um, income, right? So think about, well, who would you like to work with? I, I mean, this is very radical and not everybody thinks about it this way, but I want you to write down your list of qualities that you want around you and the type of person. And this is, I did this with my business partner. You know, I'm not a soloist with Sabi Publicity. I, I have a business partner, Drew Gerber. And uh, when we started our company in 2002, uh, we made a list, just like I did how I met my husband. We made a list of all the qualities in our deal breakers, right? So let me just tell one of myself. After a while, we put in our deal breakers, um, you know, must have money, must have actual money to spend on PR because uh, so many times people would get themselves into a conversation. Then all of a sudden we're two hours into a conversation and a contract and a proposal only to find out they can't really afford PR anyway, that they need to be doing everything themselves. So even put that, like how much money are they making? Are they actually the right type of maybe politics and religion are important to you? Maybe this is something that, um, you know, maybe gender or uh, race or all these kinds of things, just like you would be in dating, put it all down. Then when you're out and about pitching and then you start to go to networking events or you're out on social media and so forth, you start to your ears perk up and you start to kind of look at like, oh, that's my person. Mm -hmm. That's my person. You know, for me personally, 
because I had been doing PR for so long, I knew that I didn't want to represent widgets. Do you know what I mean? Like a widget. (laughs) And I told my business partner, I was like, I don't want to be on the phone selling widgets. He's like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, I really want to make a difference. I want to, I want to be happy to get up in the morning. I want to be talking about people making a difference, companies making a difference. I want to be passionate about my, what I'm talking about now for other people, they want to make money fine for other people. They want to serve kids, whatever your deal is, Mm -hmm. make sure that you have the clients that are fit with that. And then you can ask yourself, what are they reading? What are they listening to? What kind of podcasts are they listening to? Uh, What magazines are they reading? What kind of social media influencers do they pay attention to? And then you can actually target them with your paid, owned, or earned media strategies. So for those people who are listening now, and, and a lot of the listeners of this podcast are small business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, realtors, a lot of people that are trying to to take their digital marketing to that next step. Talk to us a little bit about why they even should try and and do any sort of publicity, have someone, a PR person on their team, or or even think about this type of a strategy for their business. Sure. So let's first of all talk the same language, because I think that some, when I talk to especially, um, let's just call... um, Local businesses, let's call them mom and pop shops, because that's distinct from large department stores and whatever. So, you know, you're a uh, small business entrepreneur. Well, one thing that's important is to look at your marketing strategy 101. So paid media is anything that you pay for. Owned media is anything that you own. And then there's earned media. So paid and owned, you have complete 100% control over because you're either paying for it, the message to get out, or you either own the message And then you have editorial control over that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about earned media. It's very distinct, very confusing. I remember there was a young person at a conference who saw me in the bathroom. We've got to chat and, you know, and she was like, I know. She was now, what do you do? Like you get people on Insta. I was like, not at all. (laughs) Like Not at all. Like the front page of the wall street journal or good morning America or the Today Show, or MSNBC, like traditional news cycles. So the art of earned media is enrolling people who have control over their paid and owned assets and getting you in there. So it's my job to get our clients mentioned in somebody else's paid media or Mm -hmm. owned media. Hence, like a podcast like we're doing right now, if I were to place a client with you, Katie, then you have editorial control. I don't have any control, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like this art, this dance that we guide clients through. For people who are in a local community like Denver or any other place, think about what you're reading. And then every every town, even, even a small mountain town like I have here in the Smoky Mountains, there's going to be the local magazines and weekly newspapers and daily newspapers that people read where they do get the information about who's coming into town and what to do this weekend. You can always call up that editor and see if they want tips on your expertise. So if you're a realtor, you know, here's the three top tips when you're buying or selling a house. Those are, those are evergreen, what they call evergreen topics. If you're a parenting expert, then you've got tips on 
here are weekend activities to, to do while your kids are out of school. Think about in terms of the expertise, the public good, the public good that you can educate or entertain, then you've got um, content that those local venues will want to have an article or some tips from you or an interview from you that they can then put on their owned assets. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It really does. You, yeah. This well, is and what I you mean, do, like, Katie. I know. So it, it, well, and I think that that's one of the things is a lot of uh, business owners, why would I want to do that? What, how will that help me get more leads and more sales? Is it, is it really worth all that time? Cause I mean, if you think about it, trying to figure out what magazines to go into, you know, how to, you know, craft a great pitch. Actually, let's talk about that because I know podcasts, you know, I look at people that have actually listened to the podcast before that have a pitch for my audience. If someone just says, I, you know, have a so-and-so they'd be a great guest. I'm like, well, not really. Do you know who my audience is? You know, listening to the episodes and, and kind of figuring out like, oh, this is, this is the pitch I would give this outlet. Talk to us a little bit about why having a solid pitch is so important. Yeah. So when you look at paid media, you know, that's really about driving your traffic to a particular website. If you look at owned media, that's about converting your sale, right? So if we set those marketing strategies aside and just look at the function of earned media, well, what's its function? And I'm going to say something also radical is not everybody needs this, right? So you may be a small business person and you may just need to have somebody do your Facebook ads or do your content on your social media feeds or just handling your website, right? That may be sufficient in today's marketplace because there's plenty of opportunity with that. Now, let's say you wanted to grow the knowledge about you or grow yourself in a new marketplace, sort of like what I was telling you about the franchisors, right? Mm -hmm. You're going into Texas and then opening up a new market. This is about credibility and knowing about you. Mm -hmm. I heard about that person. Oh yeah. I heard about them in the news. Oh, they seem credible. Or maybe you want uh, these placements so that you can put them in a proposal or put them on your owned assets so that people go, oh, wow, this national magazine talked about them. They mm-hmm. must be good. Or, wow, they were actually featured in this, uh, the local TV show, right? That was yeah. impressive. I saw you on TV. Those kinds of things, you know, and separate from the paid spots, this is like you're interviewed for your expertise. It makes you stand out from the crowd. And what gets you the pitch is think about, not about, so just set whatever you're selling aside over here, because that's really for paid and owned. What, how, what difference can you make with humans, right? And think about these three things, health, wealth, and love. A good pitch makes people, hey, I can help you be healthier. I can make you wealthier. I can have you experience more love and intimacy in your life. And not only with your spouse, but also just clear communication with your friends or that experience of love that you want with your your children or your extended family. These three areas, the press is always looking. And I say the press, I mean newsmakers, journalists, and producers. They're looking always to get nice tips, takeaways, tools, steps, 
checklists. You all know these things because you're always reading them yourself in magazines and whatnot, right? Like I just, I picked up a magazine. Even I got sucked in yesterday at the grocery (laughs) store. I was like, you know, look, right? Over 50 belly disappears. I was like, oh yeah, my belly's too big. I gotta, I gotta read that. I gotta read that article. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, but these are, when you're in the grocery store and you're just looking, here's great pitches. These are great because they're all the headlines and all you have to do is then just change it. Right. So rather than over 50 belly disappears, maybe it's how to make weed the garden so that your house sells faster or like the top three things that you need to make over in your yard so that your house sells faster. This is for you. The real yeah. estate. People yeah. There. No, I mean like, well, and that's, that's, that's great. But I mean, like, so like when I'm pitching, so I guess on a lot of podcasts too, since, uh, the, the pandemic. So about like October of 2020, I've guessed it on almost a hundred podcasts and oh, you've been busy. I, I know. And then I have two additional podcasts in addition to this one, but this is the thing. It, it's, it's great to have that, that audience, somebody use somebody else's audience and share your message. And I, I listen to other people's podcasts before I pitch to them because I want to know how am I going to make sure that I get get in front of this audience where my ideal clients and customers are, you know, and how, how is this going to be beneficial for their listeners? And it's, right. it's probably why I've secured so many different, you know, podcasts to guests on is because I've crafted each one of these pitches for that type of audience, for that individual podcast episode. May I put you on the spot? Sure. Do you remember the pitch that I gave you? Cause I remember I don't. Right? See? But I knew that I was excited to have you on. (laughs) No, but we were at a we were at a networking event, right? And then everybody was pitching you. And I was like watching them. It was a type of event, like it was like uh, you know, like a reality show where everybody's pitching, right? But it was all on Zoom and we're all together. And so I was listening to the way people were pitching, and I was like, she's not gonna say yes to that. That's like (laughs) she's got a marketing podcast, right? And I was like, She's going to say yes to this. And so when we got, I got my two minutes to pitch you, I said, Hey, Katie, I'll come on your show and talk about earned, paid and owned media and the differences. And you went, I like it, you know, Uh because it was specific to marketing. Yep. Right. So now if you're talking, you know, a podcast on health, right, then how are you making a difference with the, um, you know, people and their well-being? Yeah. So, I mean, the health, wealth, and love thing, I just want everybody to really think about that because there's not too many conversations between human beings where one of those aren't going to come into play. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. It's very, very true. And I think that no matter what type of business you're in, that's, I mean, so for me, my, my pitch that I give out is uh, for a lot of the, the real estate podcasts that I guest on. Your audience is mostly realtors and they have a ton on their plate, but they know that social media is extremely important. I will tell your audience how to do social media with as little as one hour a week. Love and it. so, I mean, and, and yeah, yeah, that's exact. My, of course, that's going to help yeah. my listeners. So, I mean, like what's in it for them? How can you help solve a problem for the listeners? I think it is, is extremely important. And I just want to underscore what you just said. If you didn't hear what she just said. What's in it for the listener, for the viewer, for the reader? 
so many entrepreneurs are talking about themselves. Now, yes, it's true. We want your backstory so that we can relate to you as a human. Yes. At the end of the day, then tell me something that's going to make a difference for me and have the focus on that reader, listener, viewer. Otherwise, it's a no-go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for people that are like, all right, you're, you're kind of making me a little bit more inspired to try and get out there a little bit more. Maybe my business, my brand, my personal brand should be out there looking for some of this uh, paid, you know, media position, you know, spots really, is it going to move the needle for them? Is this, you know, just going to boost their ego or is this really going to help them gain new clients? I've got a perfect story for you. And I didn't even plan to tell you this story, but it's just one of my favorite stories on the planet. So when I moved to the Western North Carolina for whitewater kayaking and the big kayaker, big mountain biker, um, I would go to this little coffee shop in a place called Saluda, North Carolina. Okay. And um, he by himself and he had rented out or bought a caboose, an old caboose. And it was right there, downtown main street. This is like, imagine like Mayberry, like to the T Mayberry. Okay. So I'd go get my coffee every morning. I'd say, Hey, you should call the local paper, which here is the times news. And you should tell them about your caboose. Cause this is in the Saluda grade, the history of Saluda grade is that the the train conductors, like that was always really hardcore train conducting because we were at the grade at the top and it was really hard. So there's a backstory into the history of the area. And he bought one of the cabooses that's been around forever. Anyway, and he was like, okay, Michelle. Okay. And every day I'd get my coffee. Did you call him? And he's like, you know what? I did call them and they put me into advertising. I said, no, you got to call the business editor and tell them you're a new business. And so weeks and months go on. And he's still not taking my free advice, right? So then uh, one day he has a teenager from the local high school come and is now doing a train mural on the adjoining brick. And I said, oh, you have got to call the business editor and tell them that you've got a high school senior over here doing a mural about the history of, you know, and how it connects to the coffee that you're all this stuff. He goes, okay. He put it off one week. I kept at him again. And I said, he's going to be done with the mural. And then they're not going to be able to take a picture. You've got to call them and pitch them. He's like, okay, I'll do it today. So they came the very next day. <laughs> they took pictures and it was on the front page, the front, not the front page of the business section, but the front page of the paper and he was blown out with visitation and business overnight, blown out. Everybody in the whole area knew of his little coffee shop and to the, you know, and he would be like, Michelle, I, I'm so sorry that I put you off for so long. I was like, it's okay. It's overwhelming sometimes. And sometimes you just have to open your mouth like you did. I, I love that story. And it's so true. I mean, if you think about it, there's sometimes when I'm watching the news and I'm like, how, why am I watching this story about the woman that found a you know, newspaper from World War II when she took off the wallpaper on her wall? Like, how does this make the news? But you never know what's going to happen if you don't tell somebody about your story, about what makes you different, you know, because that, that's the thing. We, you know, there's a lot of people out there that do PR. There's a lot of people out there, even more people probably that do social media. 
But the people that decide to work with us like something about our story, something about us, they felt connected with. They want, they're like, I agree. That's my person. Or, you know, oh, I I love that Katie used to play softball. My my daughter plays softball. You know, it could be anything and you never know what it is that's going to make somebody connect with you. It's the same way that with why we choose the businesses that we like to uh, shop at, right? Why do it, it's just that human nature that we've like, oh, I like that person. I really, you know, really connected with them and I feel comfortable uh, with that person and I want to do more with them. That's, that's all that that is. And by the way, if you come to Saluda, North Carolina, you will still see that train mural. So it's on Main Street. So if you have interest, but I just, I do love that story. It's one of those, it's one of those stories because as a publicist, you know, I have to take my publicist hat off because I'm always seeing stories for the press, Mm -hmm. right? And and you have to remember that your local newsmakers, these are your daily newspapers, even um, your parenting magazines, your business magazines and so forth. They're looking for your story. They're looking for something to cover, right? They want we are all complaining. Most of us complain about the news is so negative. Well, pitch yourself because you're a good story in the sea of negativity. It might actually inspire and uplift and make a difference for another human being in addition to actually helping your business. You know, well, Michelle, this has been such a great conversation. I can't thank you enough for joining me from one mountain range to another This has been such a great conversation. Talk to us a little bit more about how people can learn more about what you do and connect with you. Sure. So you can go to wasabipublicity.com and that's like the green stuff in sushi. It is spicy. (laughs) Spice of good communications. And then um, you can meet with my business partner, Drew. We'll give you a complimentary PR consultation. And then when you sign up for um, a consultation, we'll also give you a copy of our... 21 day PR action guide as a complimentary, like, here's how you get PR done. And we're happy to do it for you, but you can also do it yourself. So we'd love to help you. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining me on the show today. And I'm going to have to bring you back because I think that this is definitely an entirely different way of thinking about how to grow your business. And when you do it the right way, it can have a huge impact. And I think that we could actually talk about how, once you do score it, how do you leverage it across all those other you know, all right, areas? So stay tuned, folks, for Michelle Tennant Nicholson, part two. Thank you again so much for joining me on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.